Great question for us to answer this morning as a church, amen? Will we live in fear or will we live in love? And so out of love this morning, real quickly, let me wish one of my deacons that's not here this morning a happy 50th birthday. And so Will Flanagan, if you're listening, brother, or watching, uh, happy birthday. I will get you next Sunday. And so you will not escape from this. And so happy birthday to Brother Will, who turned uh, 50 this month. And um, uh, as you can notice, our staff, Brother Billy, where'd you go? Did you head out real quick? He said, so, so Kim, if you're watching, and I'm assuming you are, uh, Billy is growing his scruff. Uh, and so, it, you know, Pastor, uh, it's, that's right, you're the only staff member that didn't have some sort of a, a beard. And so Billy is coming at us. He's just running behind. And so no shave November, you're catching up. And then even November, brother, amen. And so... Uh, guys, I, I know some of you, I want to mention a, a quick prayer request before we jump into the service this morning. Um, be praying for Tinley Ward. I know a lot of you guys follow Tinley uh, on Facebook and social media. Um, Ward family, just know uh, we're praying for you. Uh, she's had a rough time. Uh, been a rough week for that young lady. Uh, she's been battling some cancer now for going on two years. Um, and, and so she's in Louisville. She's at the hospital. Been there for several, several days. Uh, they, they need our prayers, so let me encourage you uh, to please uh, lift this young lady up in your prayers and uh, their family. And uh, Beverly, I know you're not here this morning either. Uh, Cox family, no, we are praying for you. Uh, Beverly, uh, keep, keep strong. Uh, we're praying for you and, and Gary. Uh, we love you, and uh, I know the Lord's watching over you. So please remember to pray for those individuals. Pray that you have your Bible. We're going to be in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 13 and 18, as we keep making our way uh, through this sermon series of things that we are what? Things that we are afraid of. And so you can see the title of the sermon this morning. Pray that you have your sermon outlined. Get that. Get your Bible. Open those things up. As we work through the Word of the Lord this morning, we work through this sermon outline. I want you to listen to this article that I read this week. And the article really caught me off guard because I read it and I thought there's no way this can be can be true, but I want you guys to hear it. Maybe you'll pull away uh, or get the same thing that I got out of it. So psychologists have long studied the phenomenon of anxiety inherent in loving another and its associated fear of commitment. But now we may be encountering a growing trend in anxiety about the recipient of love. Are many people, in fact, afraid of being loved? And given the universal, powerful allure of love, why would anyone be afraid of being loved? Well, listen to some of these reasons people are afraid of being loved that's found in this article. You might be afraid that you don't deserve to be loved. Adults who experience some degree of family discord when they were children might feel insecure about their worthiness, unlike adults who felt less complicated, unconditional love as a child. You might be afraid of losing your freedom. Now keep, keep, keep your ears attent. Despite loneliness, remaining unloved is one type of an emotional freedom. Superficially, being alone allows you to keep the pragmatic aspects of your lifestyle intact. Being loved is likely to encourage or even force you to adapt to the other's needs and desires. Listen to this one. You might incur an emotional debt by being loved. 
Being loved imposes an emotional debt. When love, one feels the obligation to love in return. Being loved can feel like we owe gratitude, emotional support, and attention to others. Not done yet. You might be afraid of falling out of love. Being loved entails the risk of that love being withdrawn at some time. Someone who has had love in might, might not want to take that risk again, per se. And then lastly, you might be afraid of your true self being discovered. Everyone has a public self and a private self. And some people, the two selves can differ in important attributes, and some people feel that the image they portray to the world is not accurate or even phony in certain aspects. And so as I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm reading this article this week, I said, Lord, surely this, this can't not be true. Father, are we really scared of being loved? Does it really have that big of a grasp on people? Is it true that people are fearful of being loved because we think we're not deserving of being loved? Are we fearful of being loved because we might lose some freedoms? Are we fearful of being loved because we might have to love people in what? In return, are we fearful of being loved because someone may get to know us intimately? Are we fearful of being loved because we might have to deal with the pain of someone's love being withdrawn from us? So let me ask you, church, will you live in love or will you live in, or will you live in fear? See, I believe it all boils down to one's relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that's where it boils down to. And, and, and the longer that I'm a Christian, I even see how this affects Christians. Our, our love sometimes becomes stale. Our love sometimes becomes empty. Our love sometimes becomes this, this source of we, we know it's there, but we've become numb to it because something has happened in our lives and because something negative has happened in our lives, it, it influences the way that we love God and the way that we love what? And the way that we love others. And so what do we do? We do what's natural. We put up what? We put up boundaries and we put up barriers because I'm not going to get hurt what? I'm not going to get hurt again. I'm not going to let people hurt me again. I'm not going to let the church hurt me again. I'm not going to let anything hurt me again. So I'm going to say that I love God and I'm going to say that I love church, but I'm really going to put these walls up in these barriers and it's only going to be what I'm willing to do. Christian, can that be? Are we serious? Is that who we've become? Loving with limits? Loving with barriers? Loving with fear? In our scripture this morning, the Apostle John, he talks about God's love. And by talking about God's love for us, in return, talks about our love for each what? For each one. And that love that God gives us, it's a perfect love. And you know what that love drives out? That love drives out F-E-A-R. Let's read the scripture this morning. 1 John chapter 4, 7-13, through 13, verse 18, and then we will, we will pray. The Bible says this, <clears throat> Dear friends, let us what? Let's love. Let us love one another. For love comes from who? 
Love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, dear friends... You can feel the emotion in this letter, can you not? And First John's talking to Christians. That's who he's talking about, so you can feel the, the intimacy that he is speaking. You can feel this in this letter and in this writing. And so, dear friends, since God loved us, we, we also ought to love one another. And no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That's powerful. And then look what verse 13 says. We know that we live in him and he in us because he's given us his what? He's given us his spirit. Then jump down to verse 18. There is no fear in what? There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in Love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the great day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come and sing our praises unto you. And God, I know it's a little rainy outside. It's a little damp outside. Father, sometimes that kind of zaps our energy a little bit. But Father God, Lord, we got to come to church today. Father, we got to be able to, to be here today. Father, you allowed us to get up and get out of bed, Lord. You gave us the health to come and to worship you and to praise you. And Lord, let us never take these things for granted. Amen. Father, help us to be a church body that don't, doesn't just say that, that we love you, but Father, help us to be a church body that we love each other. And Lord, that is seen by the way that we love. And so Father, maybe there's some hearts in here this morning, dear Lord, that's fearful of being loved because of all these four things that we, that we talked about just a minute ago. Lord, there's hurt, there's pains, there's insecurities, there's, there's, there's trust issues. Father, I pray today that we lay those at your feet because your Bible, your word tells us that your love drives out fear. And so, Father, we don't have to wait for eternity to live and love without fear. God, we can do it right now. And so, Father, I pray right now you're already moving. Lord, your Holy Spirit, it's, it's already working in us, dear Lord. Father, I pray, more, Lord, this morning, if there are some issues that we need to lay at your feet that deal with love, then, Father, help us do that today because you are a good God and you are a loving God and we are supposed to be your loving people. Work in a mighty way today. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, said amen. I'm going to go back a few years here. In, in my life, and we'll see if some of you guys can relate with a few of these stories. So, recalling my former days as a young teenager, I can remember those butterfly feelings when one starts to like one another. Anybody remember that? Some of you all are young enough, maybe y'all are still going through that, amen? But I also remember those feelings of apprehension. Well, what if she doesn't like me, Right? Well, what if she doesn't feel the same way that, that I feel? And so I remember the fear associated with those feelings of what many people call puppy what? We call it puppy love. And then I remember meeting my wife. 
And I remember being instantly attracted, but would she love me for who I was? Would she love me when she discovered my deficiencies and my faults? Would she love me if our hobbies differed or if our interests differed? You know, would she love me if I was a Kentucky fan and she was a Tennessee Vol fan? Y'all supposed to laugh at that in a great way. Right? Would she love me for, for all of these things? But, but I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to put it all on the line, and I'm going head first, and I'm, I'm diving in. I'm putting my heart out there, and I'm going to love, and I hope that she loves me the same way. And here we are 22 years later with a 20-year-old boy, a 16-year-old boy, and a 9-year-old boy, and God has loved us. And he's been with us through every step of the way. But church, I want to say this real quick. At the age of 11, I met someone that loved me before I ever loved them. At 11 years old. I met someone that loved me before I ever loved myself. I met someone that loved me, and it wasn't a conditional love, but it was an unconditional love. At 11 years old, I met someone that loved me enough that changed me. And it's still changing me. At 11 years old, I met someone that loves me enough that he continues to work on me because the fear of loving was created or mis it was taken away by the creator of love. And that's what Jesus does. And at 11 years old, I met that love. At 11 years old, I, I made that, that, faith, that confession of faith that said, Jesus, I don't just know you, but Jesus, I love you because I know that you first loved me. And that has been with me throughout my life, through my low points, my midpoints, my high points, because His love continues. It's an enduring love. So this morning, if you're dealing with the fear of love, maybe this is exactly what you need to hear and be reminded of that love that God has for you. Because church, listen to me. A lot of times we get to this point in life that our love gets hurt. Our love kind of falls off to the side. Our love kind of falls off of the tree. And things happen in our life and we just seem to, that we can't get past it. We just seem to get past it and it hurts us and it, and, it, and it numbs us. And God is still there and He's with us and He says, I'm still right here. I still love you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to have my arms around you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to dust you off. And I'm going to continue to love you no matter what happens in your life. And church, listen to me. When the love vertically isn't right, the horizontal love will suffer. It's going to suffer because He is the creator of love. He has what is in you that is instilled in you on how you are to love not only Him, but how you are to love each what? How you are to love each other. And from within that love, the Apostle John reminds us of some, of some assurances from God's love, starting with this, number one. You ready? Here's your first point this morning. The love of Christ is what? It's transformational, Amen. It's absolutely transformational. I'd love to hear every one of you all's personal testimony. Every one of you all that are in Jesus Christ and you say that I have been saved, you've went through this, amen? Because His love transformed you. 
And I want you to notice what happens when somebody gives their love to Christ. Well, this is in your outline as well. Salvation in Christ creates a love for who? It creates a love for God. Salvation in Jesus Christ creates a love for God. It creates a love for the Father. Look what John says. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So when we believe, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, when we admit Him as our Savior, God creates in us this new creation. It's a brand new creature, right? Amen? And He places a heart of love within us. And so our ability to love flows from that regeneration that we experience in who? Not in ourselves, but who we experience in who? In Jesus Christ. And you think, no, there's no way that God's going to transform me to make me love differently. I'm, you ready for a great example? Listen to what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but if I don't love, I'm nothing. He said, I'm absolutely nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. This from a man that was a Christian terrorist. This from a man that considered himself at one time to be one of the worst sinners of the world. But when Jesus saved his life, he performed a heart transplant inside of that man. He transformed Paul, his very being, into what he loved, into something that he loved much, much more. Because what did Paul love before Jesus? He loved religion, but after he met Jesus, he not only loved God, but he found out that he loved everyone else. And that's what the love of Jesus does. Your second asterisk, secondly, salvation in Christ Jesus creates a love for who? Creates a love for each, for each other. John says, dear friends, let us love one another. So let me remind you of what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So look at that command. Love one another. So when salvation comes into the life of an individual, not only does, does God create in us a new heart for him, but God creates in us a new heart for, for other people. You know, one would think that Christians don't need to be reminded to love one another. You would think that's something that we never had to remind each other to love one another. It ought to come just as easy as breathing. Amen? We talked about this in Sunday school this morning for, for just a, a, a small amount of time. But there seems to be a growing expectation that Christians can just be Christians without getting involved with others. Well, let me remind you of what the Bible says in verse 20 here. If anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. So church, let me ask you, what does it mean to you to love your church family? We just get real personal. What does it mean to you to love your church family? Do you think coming and just filling a pew on Sunday morning is loving your church family? Because for a lot of churches, that's where they're headed. 
As long as we can come and we can worship God, as long as we can come and we can fill a pew, as long as we can come and have an emotional outburst or raise our hand and sing a hallelujah, as long as we can come and we can do that, but I don't have to get very associated with you, I don't have to get to know you very well, I don't have to love you per se, then that's what I want. But let me ask you, is that being church? Is that being church family? Because if that's the new definition of church family, it's not one that I want. Amen? I don't want that. But a lot of churches, that's where they're headed because for a lot of people, they have fallen into this belief, well, I'll just go, I'll worship, I'll give a little, and, and I'm all good. That's me loving my, my brothers and my sisters in Christ Jesus. No, you're being fooled. You're being fooled. You cannot love without involvement. Amen? You can't love without encouragement, amen? You can't love without looking at somebody and saying, how are you doing today, Ronnie? How's things going at home? How's things with the wife? How's things with the husband? How's the surgery going? How's the house going? How's school going? How's life going? That's what loving people is. Nobody said you had to be nosy. I've never had one person ever come to me and say, Brother Donnie, what type of blood do you have? Brother Donnie, what's your checking account numbers? I need a loan. I've never had anybody come to me and ask me those things. And so, so many people are scared to death. And they say, well, I love God. But listen to me, church. If you love God, the Bible says you've got to love people. So if you're not loving people, then there's a heart problem. Amen? There's a spiritual problem. There's a fearful problem. And then look at that third asterisk. Salvation in Christ creates a loving what? It creates a loving lifestyle. John says he, he sent his one and only son to the world that we might live through him. Living through Jesus. So living through Jesus means we're no longer living for ourselves, but we're living for who? We're living for Jesus. So what does that mean? When somebody says, well, what's it mean to live for Jesus? Well, I'm going to give you a few. You ready? This is not every single thing, but I want to give you a few things that it does mean. It means we're practicing our spiritual disciplines on a regular basis. Well, Brother Donnie, what's that mean? It means you're reading your Bible. It means that you're praying. It means that you're worshiping. It means that you're giving. It means that you're involved. That's what it means. That's what that means. Now, I'm not done. It means we're living with the heart of thankfulness. Anybody get up this morning and say, Father God, thank you for another day, Lord. Father God, thank you for my church family, dear Lord. Father God, thank you for my family, dear Lord. Father God, thank you that I got to get up out of bed. I'm breathing this morning. I feel good. Father God, thank you for that, Lord. Father, thank you for my church family. And I don't have to go to church this morning, but God, I get to go to church this morning. Lord, thank you. Having a heart of thankfulness. We're heading toward November, are we not? The month of thankfulness. It means we're loving our neighbors. Loving our neighbors. Being a witness. It means we're sharing our spiritual gifts. We're doing that. It means we're spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. We're telling people why we're different. We're telling people what's in us that makes us love. What's in us that gives us joy. What's in us that gives us hope and prosperity. And we've got to remember this. When people come to me and they're not sure about their salvation, I'm often reminded of what John says. And listen, I had these conversations. 
People come to me as a pastor and they're like, well, I'm not real sure if I'm saved, Brother Donnie. I, I, I made a confession of faith when I was 11. I made a confession of faith when I was 15. But my walk with Jesus is no better now than it was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm reminded of this. And Jesus said, well, John said, whoever does not love does not know who? Does not know God. And if you're not loving, brother and sister, did a transformation ever occur? Well, the preacher's got me doubting my salvation this morning. I can't believe he'd have me doubting my salvation. I'm asking you right now, if you're not loving, did a transformation, did it ever truly occur? Are we loving? And then secondly, the love of Christ is sacrificial. The love of Jesus Christ, it's sacrificial. You cannot love without what? Sacrifice. You cannot love other people. You cannot love your spouse without sacrifice. You cannot love your children without sacrifice. You can't love your family without sacrifice. And you can't love Jesus without sacrifice. It doesn't happen. And many people, they fail in relationships because they're so worried about being loved that they forget that they got to love others as well. Amen? And people are afraid to love because they're fearful that it may take up their time. They're so fearful of these things. They're, they're fearful that they may have to show gratitude. They're fearful that they may have to give emotional support. They're fearful that it may require some of their attention. Well, guess what? Jesus gave you everything He had. He gave you time and attention. He gave you love. He gave you joy. He gave you His body on a cross. He gave you everything that He had. And Jesus is not asking for every second of your life. But Jesus is asking, amen? Matter of fact, He's commanding that you not only love God, but that you love each what? That you love one another. John says, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, I love the song by Chris Tomlin that says this, Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would what? Can, can you have that song without sacrifice? Because what did He do for you? He died for who? He died for you. He died for you question is, are we showing sacrificial love for one another? Are we showing sacrificial love for Jesus, or are we just fearful that it may take more effort than what we're willing to give? And for many people, that's what they're so fearful of. Well, if I get too involved, it's going to take away from bingo on Tuesday nights. Or if I get involved, it's going to take away from archery. Or if I get involved, it's going to take away from golf. Well, if I get involved, it's going to take away from my weekend fishing trips. Well, if I get involved, it's going to take away from camping. Well, if I get involved, it's going to take away from my hobbies. If I get involved, it's going to take away and take away and take away. And so people just live with that fear. They're just like, no, I'm not going to get involved because if I do, it's going to take away from who? From me. Do you think God would ever want to hurt you? So getting involved is going to what? Bless you. Are we scared of blessings? Is that what it is? Are, are, you, are we so scared that God's going to bless your socks off and you're going to have to go out and buy a new pair? Amen? 
God may bless your pants off. We've got to go out and buy some new khakis. He may bless your skirt or your, or your dress, or he may bless your, your top or, or your scarf or your earrings off, and you've got to go out and buy a new wardrobe. Maybe he, he, Is that what we're scared of? That's what he wants to do for your life, though, is bless you. Amen? John says to love one another. That don't sound like a request to me, does it you? You ever been in a church family that don't seem to love one another? Have you ever seen that? You ever been into a church body that just doesn't seem to, to love one another and they're like, Lord, i got to go to church this morning. Oh. And they just look miserable. Are you loving? Has there been a transformation? Because I look forward to this day. Amen. I look forward to worshiping with my brothers and my sisters in Christ. I look forward to singing with you and giving with you and being in Bible study with you, seeing how your week is gone. I love it. Because that's what it's all about. That's what brings joy. That's what brings hope and peace and love. And then thirdly, the love of Christ is visible through who? It's visible through us. The Apostle John, think about this. He lived with Jesus for at least three years. And John, he saw how Jesus acted. He saw how Jesus reacted. He saw how Jesus talked. He, he saw his emotions. He saw the way that, that he loved. He saw grace and, and mercy that Jesus had toward everyone. question is, is how are people seeing Jesus today? Have you ever thought about that? I'm reminded of what C.S. Lewis once said. He said, don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. Wow. So, Father, you're telling me that every time something good happens in my life, I should say thank you? Is that what you're saying? Father, you're telling me that every time something great happens in my life, it's an opportunity to praise you and to thank you. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Amen? You're telling me every time something great like that happens in my life, and somebody says, oh, way to go. You're telling me, I said, well, it wouldn't have happened without who? God, it wouldn't happen without you. I'll be honest with you, and I'll give you a quick quick reference here. I was, I've never been a Florida Gator fan. I'm not a Gator fan. Why? Because I'm a cat fan. Amen? But I was a Tim Tebow fan. I'm a Tim Tebow fan. You know why? Because every time that somebody praises him, he says, I'm not the one worthy of being praised. It's him that's worthy of being praised. So when you shine, we don't shine for self. We shine for who? We shine for God. The Apostle John knew, and we know people see Jesus through us. And in the book of John, Jesus told his disciples, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus wanted, to see, wanted people to see the love that Christians have for one another. Are they seeing that? Are they seeing that? Now listen, we know we're living in this COVID age. And everybody said, well, this is the new normal. I got news for you guys. If this is the new normal, we're going to be hurting. Because people have quit loving. People have quit loving. We're afraid to shake hands. We're afraid to get involved. You know, before COVID, we shook hands right before the message. We, we, we welcomed everyone. We're scared to do that right now. It's understandable. It's understandable. 
But if this is the new normal, we may have to figure out a new way to love then. Amen? We're going to have to figure out a new way to be involved with one another. We're going to have to figure something out. Because I can tell you right now, people are hurting spiritually. People are hurting emotionally during this COVID. People are hurting. They're fearful. They don't know what's coming. They don't know what's going on. And they have replaced their trust in God with fear of the unknown. And that's what's going on in this nation right at this moment. When people see you, both of you, the one that's here and the one that you work with, who do they see? Do they see Jesus? And then fourthly, the love of Christ is sealed in the what? It's sealed in the Holy Spirit. It's sealed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, now some people like to call it the Holy Ghost, amen? It's whatever you want to call it. It's a topic that sometimes, it's, it's not thoroughly taught in the church a lot anymore for some odd reason. You talk about the Holy Spirit, we Southern Baptists, we start getting a little fearful. We start sweating. because Somebody may say amen. Somebody may say hallelujah. Somebody may raise their hand. The, 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 you know, people may come and pray. We might see the Holy Spirit moving. And so we, 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 we get a little cringeful when we talk about the Holy Spirit because, you know, Brother Donnie, we've got to be careful. The Holy Spirit is welcome here, but we don't want to see the actions. Amen. We don't want to get too excited. We don't want to let you know, the Holy Spirit get the best of us here. Well, i got news for you. The Holy Spirit wants to worship God through you. Amen? He's not concerned about those things. But I want to read to you what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians. He said, Having believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to praise of His glory. And so when you were saved... At that moment, Jesus placed the Holy Spirit within who? He placed it within you. And He will never leave you, and we have an assurance that God's love will never leave us, that God's love will never run dry, and that God's love through the Holy Spirit that has sealed us for eternity. And if God has sealed you for eternity, no man can break that seal. People say, well, I believe you can lose your salvation. Well, let me ask you a question. How are you going to lose it if you never got it to begin with? People say, well, I believe you can lose your salvation. Well, I'm going to tell you, I ain't never met a man that can break the seal of the Holy Spirit. The only way you can lose your salvation is if Jesus reached down and he took the Holy Spirit from what? From you. And I don't think he's in that business, amen? I don't think he's in that business. Now, people will come to me and they'll say, but Brother Donnie, I, I, I said I was a Christian, but, I, but I'm not. I believe I, I lost something. Well, probably you may have lost something that you never obtained to begin with. Because once you're sealed, you're what? You're sealed. Ask yourself this question, because some of you are disagreeing with me. I see it in your faces, in your eyes. Ask yourself this question. Are you ready? If God has sealed you, who can break that seal? Who? No one. Well, I broke it, Brother Donnie. No, you can't. Because you can't break God's seal. Amen? Now, you may never obtained it. You may never have been saved to begin with. But I promise you this, once you've been saved, once you truly, genuinely had a transformation, once the Spirit of God has been put into your body, 
You can't never lose it. And he said, I'm going to be with you through every single day of your what? Of your life. Now, I understand that people are sometimes fearful that others' love for them may dry up because, let's be honest, we're living in an age of conditional love. That's the age that we're living in. But God's love has put a new spirit in you. And the Bible says that spirit's not going to dry up, that spirit's not going to leave you, that spirit's not going to desert you, but will continually encourage you to be focused on loving God and loving what? And loving others. And then lastly, number five, the love of Christ came, or the love of Christ cast away what? Fear presently and what? Eternally. The love of Christ, it cast away fear presently and eternally. And the Apostle John reminds us of two aspects of love and of fear. In verse 18, he says, fear not in love. And so we do not come to Jesus because of fear. We don't come to Jesus because of fear. Now, there used to be people out on the roads. I remember as a kid growing up, people would be on the roads and they'd be yelling out with flags and with, with, with cardboard cutouts, right? If you don't get saved, you're going to what? You're going to hell. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. And so they said, well, we'll just fear the love of Jesus in them. You don't come to Jesus out of fear. You don't come to Jesus out of fear. We come to Jesus because we believe in Him. And through that belief, we have a loving relationship with the Father. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a healthy fear for God. Because you need to have a healthy fear from God. Amen? You need to have a healthy fear from God. You need to have that spirit that lives within you that says, Look, brother, look, sister, the road that you're heading down, and you're leading to a road of nowhere. Amen? The Spirit tells us when we're living in situations that we need not live in. I believe that wholeheartedly, don't you? He knocks on that door. He knocks on that, on that back. He knocks on that shoulder. And he says, look, brother, look, sister, what you're doing is sinful. And you need to stop. You need to give it up. But our relationship with Jesus is not based on fear, but it's built upon love. And notice, when we have confidence in a loving relationship, fear has a way of vanishing. It has a way of vanishing. And then John reminds us as well, perfect love drives out fear. And so as children of God, we know that our eternity will be filled with love and joy because our eternity is secure. Our eternity with Jesus, it's secure. We know we're going to live with Jesus. We know that we're going to walk with Jesus. We know that we're going to love with Jesus. We know that we're going to walk on streets with gold. We know there's going to be no more tears. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more cancer. There's going to be no more heart attacks. There's going to be no more children that are taken way too young. There's going to be no more crime. There's no going to be no more issues in the world. The Bible says our eternity will be just filled with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I look forward to that. I look forward to that day. We'll have an environment which fear won't even exist. We won't even know what the word fear means. John reminds us that there are people who do, who do fear or will fear because fear has to do with punishment. 
And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So listen to this, church. Those who fear are deficient in love, and the one who fears dreads judgment because there will be a permanent departure from God for all eternity. Living one life in fear will result in living in eternity in fear. And the Bible describes hell. Are you ready? I want to give you a preview of what some people are headed for if there's not a transformation in their life. Are you ready? The Bible describes, not Brother Donnie, not Cecilia Baptist Church, but the Word of God. Listen to these words. It describes fear as gnashing of teeth, as torment, as weeping, darkness, flames, everlasting punishment. And this is where people go that don't have a relationship with who? What are you waiting on? What in the world are you waiting on? The toughest funerals to do are the ones that you know that person was not saved. Those are the toughest ones for me. Is when I'm asked to do a funeral and I say, was the person saved? Did they ever make a confession of faith? No, Brother Donnie. But yet we want to act like everything's just A-OK. What are you waiting on? But here's the good news. Jesus can change your present life and Jesus can change your eternity. Amen? The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9, if you confess Him with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you can be What? That you can't be saved. Which means this, we don't have to wait for eternity to live without what? To live without fear. No matter what comes our way in Jesus, we are a winner. Amen? We're a winner. No matter what comes our way, He loves us unconditionally. His love is permanent. His love transforms us. It's sacrificial. It's loving others. And He seals us for eternity. And there's absolutely nothing the Bible says that can separate us from His what? From His love. Nothing can separate us from His love. So why would we be afraid? Why would we be afraid to, to, to have someone like God love us? Why would we be afraid of, of, of that? Why in the world would we be afraid to have brothers and sisters in Christ that love us? Brother, I just, I just don't want to be a part of the church. I, I, I just want to hear the preaching and, and, and I just want to come. And I, and I, what are you scared of? What in the world are you scared of? Pray on that. Think about that. Why should fear keep us from loving each other sacrificially? Well, Brother Donnie, you just don't know I've been hurt before in a church. I've been, I've been hurt. I've been scarred. We all have. Amen? We've all been hurt. I've been hurt at McDonald's. My mother-in-law's here this morning. Amen? She's been working there for 30-some years. There have been days I go in, Teresa, this order is not right. Two days later, I'm right back in the line. I've been hurt at Walmart. I've been hurt at Roses. I've been hurt at the Dollar Store. I've been hurt at Shoney's. I've been hurt at Ryan's Steakhouse when Ryan's Steakhouse was even a thing. I've been hurt just about everywhere that we go. But we go back because we love. Amen? That's why we go back. God's commanded us to love. So why should, we, why, why should fear keep us from letting others see the love of Jesus? 
in us. I have heard so many stories from people through my 12 years of ministry. Brother Donnie, I just can't get involved because of the hurt and the pain that's in my life. At some point, you're just going to have to let go and let God. Or you're going to live with it for the rest of your life. And you're going to miss blessings. You're going to miss opportunities that God wanted to use you in. You're going to miss moments of sunshine and smiles because of something that's happened. Do you have a loving relationship with Jesus? Do you have that? Are you loving without limits and boundaries or is fear and pain and disappointment, anger and unbelief and hurt, is it keeping you from being the loving person that Jesus wants you to be? Now here's my challenge for you. Are you ready? As Billy comes and we get ready to sing and we get ready to have this invitation, are you ready? I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what hurt you've dealt with. I don't know what pain you've dealt with. I don't know what's causing you to be fearful of loving God the way he deserves your love or loving people the way that God tells us to love them. I don't know what's happened in your life. But God does. And he's still worthy to be loved. Amen? And the person sitting around you today, if we don't let go of that hurt and that pain and that fear, they may never know what it is, what it means to be loved by you. I want to be a part of a church that says, you know what? We love God and we love what? We love you. And so if something's keeping you from being that person, I want you to come. I want you to pray. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your family. Pray for your child. Pray for your neighbors. But this is your opportunity to come and to pray. So as we stand this morning, will you come?